In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Today is the Feast of the Holy Trinity, and so we have the opportunity to celebrate and reflect upon the mystery uh, as God has revealed Himself as Holy Trinity. Mysteries are very wonderful and important aspects of our, our life in God. A mystery is something that God has revealed to us. He's taught us something about himself. And what we understand is that there are things that we can know about God, but we'll never get to the end of them. So a mystery, like the fact that God is three in one, is something that he's taught us, but we never come to a full and complete understanding. Indeed, uh, our time in eternity will be spent in coming into a deeper and deeper knowledge. And even in eternity, we will never come to the end of God. We will never come to an end of our understanding of him. This idea of heaven being this fixed place where everything stays the same and we're always the same uh, is just simply not the case. God is infinite and powerful and majestic and we even in eternity will never come to the end of him it will be an exciting and thrilling experience in heaven because the mysteries of him will always be unfolding to us in new and powerful ways having said that there are things that we can know today about who god is he reveals himself as three uh, that there is one god in three persons and he does this at the very beginning he doesn't waste any time in Genesis 1, God reveals himself as three persons and one God. We see that it is uh, God who uh, is existing before all creation. And so this is a first and very important thing, that before there's matter, before there's time, before there's energy, uh, there is God. He is uh, pre-existent. He is before all things. The next thing we need to know is that he speaks to someone. Who is it that he speaks to, right? Because he speaks before there's anything you would think to speak to, but he's speaking to the Son. He's speaking to the second person of the Trinity, and we know that it's uh, God the Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. So God the Father is speaking to the Son. He says, uh, let us, right? Let us make. And then we read that the Holy Spirit is active. Right, that the Holy Spirit is moving upon the waters of the deep. The Holy Spirit is always moving, is always active. There's never a time when the Holy Spirit is resting. He's always speaking. He's always moving. He's always creating. And so we read that he is moving here. So in these first few verses of Genesis, we read about God being one and God being three. Uh, and that he is a creator God and that he is making creation. It's very important also that we look at how it is that he talks about creation and our uh, experience within it because it's important that we remember that we are creatures. This is something that we very easily forget, that we're creatures. We start to think that we're sons and daughters of God by nature. We're not. We're creatures. We become sons and daughters by adoption. We're adopted by grace. We're creatures by nature. And we are members of and we are within creation. And so when we read the creation story, we get the, the heavens and the earth and we get uh, the, the fish in the sea and we get the plants and then we get mankind, right? We are part of that creation. And the making of mankind again reveals to us the nature of God being three in one. He says, let us make man in our image. So let us, right? So God is more than one. God is plural. God is three. Right? Let us make man in our image. You'll also notice that God is one in this statement. If God wasn't one, then the sentence would read, Let us make 
man in our images. But he doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't say images. He says image. So God is three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and God is one. And this is set for us at the very beginning in Genesis. We also get an understanding of what creation is because there have been uh, teachings before since the beginning of the world that uh, matter is bad or that the flesh is bad or that people are bad. And Genesis clarifies this. The Lord says creation is good. What I have made is good. And he says it over and over again. And what we understand is that we come to know God and we come to know His goodness primarily through our interaction with creation. This is why it's so important that there be Christian scientists and Christian naturalists, that we be always looking to know more about creation, that we are on a path of discovery and that we're on a path of wonder and that we're looking at the human body and we're looking at the stars in the sky and we're looking at atoms and cells uh, because we see something about who it is that made them. And so that discovery is important. We also know that he makes these things good and that we come to know him and worship him through creation. It's an essential aspect of being a Christian that we worship God in our bodies, with our bodies, and with creation. We use water for baptism. We use oil for chrismation, for healing and anointing. We use wine. We use bread. We use the gifts of creation in order to understand and to relate to, to be in relationship with God. It's necessary that we do that in our bodies, that we do it as a gathered people. We cannot be Christians alone. We cannot be Christians just in our heads and our thoughts. We have to be Christians in our bodies and the way that we live our lives and what we eat and who we eat with. We have to experience Him as this gathered community. And this is what Jesus is teaching, right? He's saying, go and baptize. This is what he's telling the apostles to do. Now that he is uh, ready to ascend to the Father here at the very end of St. Matthew's Gospel, this is the very end of that Gospel lesson. These are the last things he teaches the apostles. He says, go and baptize and teach. Right? So we know that they've already gathered, right? They've got the prerequisite to be the church. They're gathered together in one place for one reason to meet the risen Lord. That's what we've done this morning, right? We're in one place. We have to be together, and we have to be together for one reason. They were there to meet Jesus. That's why we are here, right? And then we are here to baptize. Doesn't say lead them in a prayer, it doesn't say get them to understand who I am. It says baptize. What is baptism? Baptism is all those things. To be baptized, we have to recognize who Jesus is. We have to declare him as our Lord and Savior. We have to reject Satan and his ways. Right? These are all the things that we do in baptism. Baptism is all those things. And we wash with water. We have that baptismal regeneration where we become new creatures in that water, participating in our bodies. It's an essential act. If it wasn't essential... This wouldn't have been the last thing that he told us to do, right? So he says, go and baptize and teach them what I have taught you. In other words, teach them how to live. And this is what St. Paul is talking about in the Corinthians. He's saying, okay, we're supposed to be teaching one another how it is that we're supposed to live. And he says, to do that, we have to test ourselves. Not great news to bad students like myself, right? If you're like me, a test, oh. I don't want to take a test. 
Right? I'd rather not. Can we just assume that I understand? Right? But St. Paul is saying we need to test ourselves. Why is that? Number one, because we don't want God to test us. Right? Are you with me on that? I don't want to be tested by God. Do you want to be tested by God? Do you want the first time you get this review to be in that, that personal judgment that we know we'll get, right? I'm going to go outside and step off the curb not looking, get hit by a bus. Any minute, any of us can die, and we're before the Lord, and He's saying, Okay, I gave you a body, I gave you money, I gave you property, I gave you family, I gave you friends. What did you do with all that? Right? That's His question. Here's what I gave you. What did you do with it? We don't want that to be the first time we're answering that question. We want to be studying up and taking some practice tests, right? Practice tests are great things, right? Because I don't want to get in there to the SAT and have that be the first time I saw that test. I want to see it a few times before, right? So we need to test ourselves. We need to say, okay, what's going to be on that test? And St. Paul says clearly you're supposed to be taking aim at the righteous things of God. And he says the test isn't the thing, by the way. So it's not just about getting an A. It's not just about saying, well, I passed that test. He's saying the test is not the thing. The righteousness of God is the thing. That's what we're aiming at. And he's talking about taking aim. Why do we have to take aim? Because we have to know our goal. We have to know what the point is. And the point is to dwell with God in holiness and righteousness. To be walking with Him. To be loving with Him. right? To be in Him and doing what He's told us to do. That's the goal. And so we have to take aim at that. right? St. Paul is talking about what we take aim at. He gives us a, a nice little short list here, doesn't he? Where does he say this? On page 4 of your bulletins, uh, verse 11, aim at restoration. Restoration assumes that we have broken relationships. Right? Welcome to planet Earth. Welcome to the human race. We all have families and relationships that are broken. Nobody gets out of this without brokenness. So he's saying we're supposed to restore those relationships. Our goal is, our aim is, to be in right relationship with everyone that we need to be in right relationship with. That needs to be our aim. How can I get right with you? Right? Comforting one another. That's our goal. I need to be looking for opportunities to comfort. How can I comfort you? How can I comfort you? How can I comfort you? That's our aim. He says we need to agree with one another. <laughs> when so much of the world is all about, dis by the way, the purpose of social media, not to agree. Right? So if you want to get yourself all worked up and all stirred up, go on social media for a minute or read the newspaper or get on the internet, right? We get all stirred up with disagreement. Right? Agreement is when we sit down and you say something and I listen and then I say something and you listen, right? When we're in community, when we're in conversation, right? To get into agreement. And my goal in talking with you is not to get you to think what I think. 
Right? It's to be looking for ways that we agree. Where, where do we agree? Do we agree about this? Do we agree about that? Where do we agree? Our goal is to be in agreement. I don't know about you all, but for me, that's really hard. Right? And this is why St. Paul is saying, get ready and take aim at agreement. And the God of love and peace will be with you. What else is there to say? He will be with you. And you will be with Him. Isn't this what we've been reading all the way through the Easter season? Isn't this what we've been reading all the way through uh, the Ascension and Pentecost? The Father dwells in the Son, and the Son dwells in the believer, and the believer dwells in the Son as the Son dwells in the Father. How do we do that? By being in agreement. By being one. By doing what God tells us to do. And when we do that, we are one. What's the big deal? The Holy Trinity. Can we just be plain monotheists? Do we have to make it so complex? Do we have to make it so hard to describe to our friends and neighbors? Everything that God reveals to us, He reveals to us because He calls us to participate with Him. See, God was loving and submitting and aiming before the first Adam was made. Before there was a speck of cosmic dust, the Father loved the Son, and the Son loved the Spirit, and the Spirit loved the Son, and the Son loved the Father. The Holy Trinity was loving and submitting within Himself before any bit of creation was made. He is love. He is loving. He is submitting. He is sharing. He is restoring. Always. And we are called into that love always for all time. And he will dwell with us and we with him.